0: in that case, I
1: pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballistic Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is outrageously absent today. I can only apologise to his army of fans, listeners, people for whom consider him to be uh, the voice of reason, or a voice of reason at least. Um, he's in Israel. He's on holiday with his wife and child. It's fair enough that he's not taking the time today to uh, join us on the podcast. But instead, we have outstanding regular guest and other voice of reason, chocolate magnate himself, Ollie Shorts. Hi, Oli.
0: Hi, boy. Great to be here.
1: Thank you. It's just you and me, which is absolutely fine. Um, who, I mean, who needs him? Who needs Josh? That's all I exactly.
0: Think. We could just talk a load of shit for yeah. half an hour to forty-five minutes about Arsenal and what a great week. What a to week. be talking a lot of crap about Arsenal?
1: Yeah, I should say you're yeah, right. Exactly. I should say from the start that um, my predictions for the last two games were wildly, wildly wrong. Which I'm very pleased about. I didn't think we stood a chance against Chelsea. Um, I thought we were going to get slaughtered. I think I said three-one to debt to them, and then I thought we would scrape a draw against Man U, who I thought would you know rouse the rouse themselves after that diabolical performance against Liverpool um, to to at least you know be fairly decent. And I was grotesquely wrong. I'm absolutely thrilled to be wrong in both circumstances. What did you think was going to happen? Did you were you were you, you know after two defeats to you know, fairly bog standard teams to then come up with these two performances. It's quite astonishing, isn't it?
0: Well, I, I didn't Solves. think there was a hope that no, I didn't think there was a hope in hell that we beat Chelsea.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but they seem to just, you know, they've lost it a little bit. They lost it in in recent weeks, and you know, they yeah. played very well against Madrid away from home. But you know, that seems to take the stuffing out of them. The the, the loss and. Um, I know that they had that one result against Southampton, but that seems to be a bit of an anomaly, really, for them. Um, but I still just didn't think we had a, a hope to, to get anything. And, you know, even at half time, I was like, I'd I take the point all day, all day long, and we played pretty well um, up, up to that point. And I was, you know, you just wanted to some, somehow grab something from it. But to get three points and the performance, and then to. You know, back it up with the. I don't necessarily think the performance against Man United was the best, but we deserve our luck for once as well. All season long, you've you've had decisions go against us, things go against us, and it was about time. Over the two two games, just defending was diabolical for for on Chelsea's behalf, and then again on Man United's behalf. So, thankfully. We got the rub of the green for once.
1: Yeah, I think the conspiracy theorists who um, earlier in the season were totting up all of the decisions that went against us and kind of claiming that the, there's some kind of, you know, some kind of conspiracy among referees or the powers that be or somehow to to um, persecute us or, or or even to say that Subconsciously, referee street us differently, or something have, have been blown out of the water because I do think we've got the rub of the green in that Manu game. I would say, I think you know, there are a couple of decisions. I mean, it was a wild game, wasn't it? I mean, both these games like chaos, wildness, as you say, terrible defending, um, and kind of like end to end, and just so many incidents. I mean, so, so much happened in that Manu game, you know, penalties and penalties being denied, penalties being missed. Um but I do feel like I felt like we were fairly lucky. You know, I'm thinking of the Cedric, right? The Cedric penalty, right? In, in do, you, he, do you think it was a pen? Yeah, I mean, I know so the the, the the refereeing guy came on. I I I was at the game, had a lovely time, wonderful breakfast kind of brunch for, beforehand. No, so, snails, no snails, no snails. No snails. Dermot, Dermot booked a fantastic place. I'm not gonna say where it is because it's quite a small, intimate um cafe in Highbury. And there aren't that. I don't want everyone to go there because I think we'd go back there, and I don't want it to be like you know mobbed. But it was I, I might say where it, is Lexa, but it was next time. It was. It was had a delicious breakfast, um, and then we went to the game, um, and um, and then I watched it back on BT Sport. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I watched the whole thing back on BT Sport as is my. I recorded it, and they brought in the referee. What's his name? The referee. Gallagher was it? No, Dominic Gallagher was on Sky talking about it later, but then okay, live. So. Yeah, they're live. Oh, is it Peter guys.
0: Walton or something?
1: Peter yeah. Walton, well done. Well
0: done. God, how do I even know that?
1: <laughs> you've got a good. You see, I'm gay, Senor, but you've got a good memory. Peter Walton comes on and says and, and and refers to this obscure rule about how if you're falling down to the ground and the ball's under you and you accidentally hit it with your hand, that's no, that's definitely not a a, uh, a, 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 a um, handball, which I didn't know about this rule. I don't know about you. I'd never heard of this rule before. I didn't know that it was specified particularly that if you're crawling along the ground and the ball is under you and you accidentally, or whatever, or even, you know, and you touch it with your hand, it's definitely not a penalty. But I almost felt like, if I, if that was them, do you know what I mean? If that was on the other side, if one of their players... Yeah, you want rules, a penalty. you oh, want no. a fucking penalty, wouldn't you?
0: But it's funny because... clearly those are the rules and the rules just like the VAR and all that stuff about clear and obvious and whatnot you know the rules are the rules and actually if they're going by the rules it's not a penalty and they need to clearly potentially change the rules because if he wasn't sort of crawling on his hands you know Sancho's passed it yeah Um, Yeah. and he's He's got he's got a good it's but, a very good opportunity yeah but those are but we, we can't complain those are the rules
1: so but i think is it the rule i would have said if i would have been on live to with peter Walton, he's explained the rule fine but what about if the player is like literally palms the ball with his hand to like get it do you know what i mean like literally palms it back to get it out for under himself which is almost what he did to varic i, I think he kind Dedrick. of he, he kind
0: of um what you're saying is the, the blatant deliberate handball. Yeah. I think what he did was disguised his deliberate handball in the sort of, I guess, his, just, in, in just the, the movement of, of falling to the ground and not probably knowing what to do and he, he probably in, in, in that sort of moment realised, oh God, I, I've got to try and get get away with this and he, he did and yeah, it was for, for our benefit but I you know the rules the rules are there and yeah, sometimes yeah. We, we look at we look at them and afterwards we we learn something I remember it was last season with David louise and when he got sent off against wolves yeah and we were like well what happened to double jeopardy and oh, double yeah. jeopardy only comes into play if the player tries to win the ball or try but because yeah. David louise didn't make a tackle it 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 went against him and if he actually tried to make some semblance of, of 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 a challenge, then he would have got a yellow card and, and would have stayed on the pitch. Right. So we learn we learn all these stupid yeah. rules. Yeah. It happens every season, and thankfully, this one went in our favour. But yeah, then enough... the other handball was ridiculous as well from Tavares, wasn't it?
1: That was I mean, blatant. We, right. That was blatant. Absolutely. We could we
0: we could discuss Tavares. Yeah. For the next half an hour. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, 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 I don't know it, if I want to. I'm, I'm calling him. A, yeah, agent of chaos, Tavares. Um, You know, if these games have been chaotic, he has been absolutely front and centre in, in the middle of the chaos, causing the chaos. I mean, first of all, he the, the the first goal though, so we have to credit him with the first goal. The fact that he is ostensibly our left back, ending up, you know, tapping in that goal. I mean, that's brilliant that he was there. I don't think I don't think you know many of our. I, I think I was like, shocked and stunned that he was there to tap in. So that was brilliant. Then he kind of um, – then there was, a, there was a period, wasn't there, where he um, – well, there's a handball, which was absolutely blatant. And what was he thinking? I mean, it was like – that was the kind of handball that's so blatant. I, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that my eyesight – I need new glasses and, you know, I need to – some some incidents I don't see very clearly because of my eyesight is terrible. But that, that was so clear, his handball, that even I could see it, you know, in the middle of the melee. It
0: was such an odd um – the atmosphere in the stadium when they, when, when the ref gave the penalty
1: yeah
0: was just, I think everyone was just stunned into the sort of like one earth has happened. Yeah. The players didn't even he No one even complained.
1: No, no,
0: no. It wasn't even a, what, you know, have a look at the, you know, yeah. or whatever. It was just like, and I think all the players, there wasn't, there was just this, what have you done? Yeah. What have yeah. you done? And, and you know, God, we got we got away with it. Tavares got away with it on so many mm. um, periods during that game. There was the first half when I think Alanga, was Alanger twice. Yeah, went through. Yeah, um, and I think he did just enough to sort of get away with it. But also, I'm sure there's going to be other times when the ref would blow up for a pen. So it was a little bit, you know, he got lucky there, and then he gave away the penalty, and he got lucky that Fernandez. You know hit the post and you know didn't just hit the post and rebound out to an United player hit the post and goes wide um you know and then he 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 lost it didn't he from from mm. about five ten minutes where he would just he was like a headless chicken as you said yeah. it was chaotic
1: yeah um yeah there was lucky. a period where where he like they just and they just robbed the ball they just picked up the ball off his feet like as if you know. He, he was nowhere nearby. It was it was it was incredible. Like two or three, he was marauding up the wing, and they just like went. Right, we'll take the ball now off you. Um, it was.
0: I'd never, for a, such a long period. Um, you know, we we've had a very good season so far, but I can't think of a, a time, even like against Liverpool or Man City, where I was just waiting for a team to score. It was just
1: yeah, yeah,
0: so. Obvious that it was going to happen, um, chance after chance, and somehow, and I still don't know how they didn't. And um, Xhaka's goal came at the perfect time. Yeah, absolutely. Just I think that was it for Man United. They were they the minute that went in, their heads went, their heads dropped, and there was there was really no way back. And we controlled the game for the last twenty minutes or so, and it was. It was yeah. that relief, that real that that relief, that that sort of the, the idea that we a week previous, we, you know, I think we all thought no chance at top four. I think a week previous we were, you know, talking about Are we even going to make Europa League, Conference yeah. League. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think we all were, um, yeah. you know. And let's now talk about that.
1: Yeah. That the Jacques talking of talking of complicated rule rule situations, the Jacques goal then had this offside question about whether or not De Gea was being obscured, his view was being obscured by I think it was Eddie and Eddie Nketiah, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, Close by. Um and again people were analysing this in great detail, um, <laughs> both on BT Sport and afterwards. There was a Dermot Gallagher analysis I saw on Sky, I think the next day, where he was saying that the ex-footballers, basically, like Rio in, in the BT, thing, he, he was outraged, wasn't he? He was like, I mean, obviously massively biased. Uh, it was very entertaining, by the way. Rio versus Martin Kian was a brilliant duo because each of them is absolutely blatantly biased in favour of their team. And yeah, Martin course. Kian was like, every single decision, every single decision, no matter how lucky we were we were getting, how how kind of ludicrous he backed the decision if it was in favour of Arsenal, Rio was like practically in tears. In fact, there was a there's a meme video going around of him crying and kind of wondering at one point he goes um peter warden where's peter warden like demanding that peter warden <laughs> explains what the fuck so this is on. the glory that
0: you that you watch it back i don't
1: think i could i don't think i can do it it's it's great to watch it back once you've won a big game like once once you've you know once you've triumphed then it's great fun i don't I, it's it's tedious to do it if you lost but in this situation it was absolutely brilliant but anyway so that this goal um You'd look, there was a brilliant shot where you could where David de Gea was literally like looking round, looking round, picking his head round, Eddie, and one of his own players. Yeah, with he, Lindelof, he's Lind- in front Lindelof. of Bentia. Right, so. Like, to me, the fact that he's peeking around, which a lot of people, players, including Rio, made, made a big thing of pundits and ex-players, that, that doesn't mean necessarily that you didn't re- disallow the goal and that he's interfering with play. It just means possibly that De Gea was re- in a really weird position and couldn't, didn't know where our player was, who was, about where Xhaka was, who was about to score this fantastic goal. I mean, it didn't prove beyond doubt that that that, that there was interference with play. I... Uh,
0: well, would you be frustrated if it was against that? Um,
1: I'd be less frustrated with this one than the Cedric Campbell situation. So
0: i I think every single one of the, I guess, the talking points in the match mm. are, could have gone either way.
1: Right. Right.
0: And 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 I just look at it and just think we got inc- incredibly lucky that they. All went in our favour. Yeah, actually saying that, you know, the handball, the Cedric Handball, that's the rule. So you kind of got to just say the rule's stupid. Move on to the next one. I even think our penalty that we got was actually quite a soft penalty. Yeah, yeah. And and again, another match. They might have said, "Now it's it's coming together, but there's not much in it." And I don't really know who's pulling who, and is he going to get there, and all these things. So. Again, that I, I think we got we got incredibly lucky, but yeah. but I've, 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 as I said, I mean, I think we deserve the luck. I think we've had decisions go against us, but also not even the decisions. Yeah, you know, even when I look at the Southampton game, I look at the Brighton game. Um, we weren't, we didn't play particularly well, but mm. you know, to think of the you know the, the goals that, that that Brighton scored, like, they'll never score a you know that guy and. I think it was his name. He's never gonna score a volley from the edge of the area again like that. And the chances that we had, and in that game, the Vardas was for Martinelli, I just think you know, and then Southampton you know, um, what's the keeper called um for Southampton? He's, he's they're never gonna have a game like that yeah. all season where everything just you know that he touches, turns to goal. You know, and I just look at it and I was just like, you know, these are two, these are two results when we got zero points, but on another day, we could have easily picked up mm. three or four points. And the Man United and Chelsea games, you know, they could have gone against us and we could have picked up, you know, no points or one point. So I think we, we deserve that, that bit of luck. And that's what you need ultimately. When you get to the business end of the season, you got to you know, ride your luck, take your chances. And we, we've done that against Chelsea and we, and we did that against Man United. And, you know, yes, there are talking points where they could have gone against us. They could have gone for us and lucky they went for us, but we, you know, we got to take that momentum and and, and put it into Sunday. And it's just, it's great to be chatting to you and just be two points ahead of, of of Spurs when literally a week ago, you know, I was going into the Spurs Brighton game thinking Spurs are going to smash him four nil. Mm. and we're going to probably lose to Southampton. And here, you know, like what they say, a week's a long time in football.
1: Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, it is. It is it, what, the, what these games show, I think, is how you cannot predict what's going to happen, can you? I mean, because, uh, as you say, luck played a huge part of it. We were, I, th- I think we were very lucky in that Manchester United game. We played really well in, in, in fits and starts, attacking-wise, particularly. Oh. I think defensively we're a shambles, and we got away with a lot, as you say um the chelsea game we played you know was was a was a really good performance but again you know had moments but yeah i mean who knows? and 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 tottenham mystifyingly have barely mustered a shot after like winning what 5-0 and 4-0 in the previous game suddenly they could barely muster a shot in in two entire games of football it's so at this period in 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 the, in the in the in the season it's so mad and chaotic and Illogical and hard to predict. I, I see people on online again. I, I mention this every week now, but I see Arsenal fans getting after these kind of after these two games, after any victory, kind of going, That's it. Definitely getting top four. Spurs are over. It's finished up. There's five more games to go. And surely there's one thing we've learned from these last this last month. It's that any fucking thing could happen. Any mad thing. You know, we've seen all the madness pretty much in one game, I would say, um, in that man, you game. We can't. you can't possibly calmly predict that just because Spurs lost, lost those two games, we, or, or, sorry, I already got a point from those two games, we're now definitely, definitely going to get it. It's wide open for me. Like, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, you know, if you look at the the four fixtures, or I think the three that Spurs have played and the four that, that we've played, we've picked up six points against the two teams that yeah. You know, ultimately the, the, the hardest. And then, you know, Southampton away, who still will probably go in a, 10 game period and pick up one win. And that's against us, you know, Brighton to beat us after having not even scored. I think they scored one goal of eight games. Yeah. You know, and then to go and to Spurs and win one nil, uh, you you're right. You can't predict, you can't predict anything the, the you can predict the unpredictability of it. all. that's it. And, you know, we, you know, There's Leicester for them on Sunday and, you know, West Ham for us. And you'd you'd think that we're in a good position against West Ham with them having, um, you know, a semi-final, you know, before and after they play us. So hopefully they'll rest some players. You know, they've got no centre-backs. So everything fits in the Arsenal are going to win category. But mm. then, yeah. so, did Bright, so did Brighton. So
1: did Brighton Yeah, you're right. I can th- so yeah, because logic, the, av- the 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 West Ham situation is a good example. Like logic, logic says dictates that we're playing them in between their two European games, and they did rest, like there was Declan Rice, didn't they? And uh, by the way, I've interviewed Declan Rice in a new magazine called Circle Zero Eight. I need to plug. Um, he was a lovely young man, very interesting, and that's the cover story on a yeah new magazine, Circle Zero Eight, that is out. On Thursday, this Thursday, this week, the twenty eighth of April. And uh, where can
0: people? Where, you where can, can pick people it up.
1: It? You can get it in. Well, on Thursday, it's exclusively available for I think about a week at the Design Museum in London. Um, tying in, the Design Museum has got an exhi- exhibition of um, football stadium. But then, in about a week's time, it will be available everywhere. It'll be available in Smiths um, all good news agents. Yeah. Um,
0: and did you convince him to join Arsenal? I didn't. We convince- couldn't get that far.
1: I couldn't get that far. I asked him um, who his favourite Arsenal player was, and he said Saka. He really he really got on with Saka in the England squad. Um, not surprising, because obviously Saka's a, a delightful man, clearly. Um, but he was really, he was a really good guy. I was really impressed with him, I have to say. Um, very, very down-to-earth and decent. And he would be brilliant at Arsenal. I think he would be fantastic. But you think probably he'll go to somewhere. Like, I think, you know, I mean, if City or decided they wanted him, he'd obviously go... Well, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Anyway, but he's I'm probably saying. going to be—he's going to probably be playing centre back potentially on on Sunday. So that might be interesting.
1: Well, uh, if yeah, if they, but I think they might want to keep still resting. It Depend. It, it, that will show the extent to which they they, they really are prioritising Europe. I mean, we clearly are prioritising Europe, but they won't want to endanger him, will they? He's so key to them. It's so so key, so key, but, but they've I'm got saying, no centre backs, so, so they have got, you're right, they have got no centre backs, but and so yeah, it seems like the perfect time to playing them. But I wouldn't be surprised if somehow West Ham got something out of that game just to underline the general perversity of the situation of, 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 of general unpredictability. Um, so
0: are you are you right? Now, so last week we, we're not getting in the conference,
1: yeah,
0: I'll, I'll <laughs> right now, yeah, uh, yeah. are we? Are we more likely Conference League or are we more likely Champions League?
1: That's a very good question, and I'm going to answer it after this break um, in football history. In Arsenal, we be back after this, and we're back from the break. I thought I'd build up a little tension there, Ollie, um, as to as if anyone cares. Um, I think. My gut is that we will get fourth now. I think it's definitely between us and Spurs now. I think West Ham—they're absolutely focused on Europe, very clearly, unashamedly, quite rightly. Um, I think they could win that competition. Manu—I mean, it'll have they've, have they've gone. Even the manager, the, the actual manager, said in the post-match interview, "It's it, our, Europe, Europe's over for us," which I thought was fairly incredible um, of him. So I think it's between us and Spurs. I think it will go down to the wire. I think I think you know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that game at Spurs we lose, and then they lose. you know, I mean, they've got to play Liverpool. They've definitely, they're definitely, definitely going to lose that game. I don't care if they are Liverpool's bogey team. They're definitely going to lose that game. But I think there are more. There there are to just use the cliche more twists and turns. We've got to play Everton. Is that, is that our final game of the season? I mean, they're going to be our final fine. game at home to Everton. Yeah. Newcastle, who are phenomenal, Newcastle, right? At home. Suddenly. Since January,
0: you know. Yeah. yeah. Um Leeds who still need to pick up probably yeah. another couple of points. Yeah. Yeah. But but Burnley have got to go to Spurs um on the penultimate game. They've got yes, we mentioned Spurs have got to go to Liverpool. You you I'd like to think that we go into the, the, the derby five points clear. That's the
1: that would be amazing. That,
0: yeah. That's the dream that we beat. We know we beat West Ham and then, and then Leeds and and Spurs. You'd assume beat Leicester at home, um, yeah. And then lose lose to Liverpool, but it could. You know they beat. As I said, we beat Chelsea. Yeah. You know Tottenham beat Man City. Who knows? Who knows? The pressure might get to Liverpool. You know they didn't look very good against Everton. Um, yeah. what was it a couple of days ago? And. I was like, you know, they're not going to score here and that's it. You know, that's their league season over and they'll concentrate in Europe and they'll rest players for Spurs and Spurs will go there and win. And, your Head starts playing all for that precious fourth place just to get knocked out to Bayern Munich 10-2 and aggregate on the last 16. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I almost think that, I think what it will come down to is who wants it more. Who is desperate? And I include in that the players, the manager, because like rumours now that Conte's offered, Conte's told PSG that he's available for them, if they want to, you know, ditch Pochettino and all that. That's all happening in the background. I think if I think the good thing about us is, I think the one advantage we have over Spurs, I think you know, because on paper they've got an incredible forward line, even though they have did only muster one shot in two games, I think. But what we what we do have is have a real unity, I think, in 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 the squad. I think the players get on really well. I don't think there are any factions. Um, the manager, I thought, you know, you see the manager after the game, you know, with Elneny, for example, you know, cuddling him and encouraging him. And Elneny's played out of his skin, I think, in these last couple of games. Um, He's been fantastic. Yeah, it has been a great. So I just feel like everyone in our team is pulling together, in the set, you know, very much. Whereas I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that's true of Spurs. You know, I think there are. I think there's still kind of things bo- bubbling along in the background, and even in those individual games you're talking about. You know, for example, um, Liverpool are going to want desperate to, to beat Spurs in that game more than ever. They're absolutely, completely, 100 desperate. Um, I think you know, Leeds might be all right-ish. You know, when we play them, maybe you know. So it's it's it, it, who knows. But I'm clinging to that kind of notion anyway. That... uh
0: you know. With... Spells are always, uh, you know, a couple of games away from a Conte outburst. Yeah. And, um, you know, I personally think it's great, you know, if Potch is going to get sacked from PSG and there's this talk about him coming back and hopefully that means it unsettles everybody and we can somehow scrape to fourth place. Um, But I'm also completely unconvinced and I'm (laughs) saying to myself, that there's no chance we're getting fourth and we'll we'll come fifth or sixth, and that will still constitute a relatively successful season. Um, but it's it's the hope that mm. kills you, of course. What they, you know, did the you old see, cliche.
1: Did you see talking of hope? Did you see the picture of Thomas Party today, train training? He's on a no. treadmill, yeah. He's on a treadmill. Um, yeah, clearly, who are you replacing him with because you can't get rid of El and Zaka at the moment? You can't. The formidable, formidable midfield too. I, I would definitely put him in instead of Elneny, I have to say. I lo- I'm loving his contribution, Elneny. The only thing about Elneny, I would say this. He, he, he takes a bit of a while to get into the game. I think the first five, ten minutes of both the games against Chelsea and Manu, he gave the ball away two or three times. And then after that, he kind of gets into it and he's fine. But I don't think we can really... Afford those moments where the player gives the ball away. Well, is there is
0: there just a photo? Is there any, there's any a photo? Um,
1: uh, and the caption was something like, "He's in training." You know, he's in training. I just wouldn't be surprised if he comes back earlier than we think. They're very they're very secretive about injuries at Arsenal, weirdly. Like both in terms of like Tommy Yasu's been out for months <laughs> on end, you know, and they never really acknowledged that his injury was that serious. It was always like he'll be back in a couple of weeks or whatever. It's like
0: Thomas Ruzicki was out for 18 months and yeah, he was only only told that he was gonna be out for a for a couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly.
1: So and the other and the other and the other and the obverse happens that sometimes I mean Party himself has come back too early already for us in various situations, so I don't want him to be brought back too early. But I don't know. I, I wasn't imagining him running on a treadmill this early in his uh, rehabilitation. Is all i They saying. did.
0: I think they said. Um, I think they earmarked Spurs when, when he first picked up the knock as oh, okay. that potential. Oh, okay. Game where where he could come back right. and a couple. You know, if he comes back a week or two early, um, yeah. it's, it's it's only it's only going to benefit us and. You know our oh, squad is so thin,
1: yeah,
0: so thin. When you have to rely on, I mean, it's remarkable when you look at that team that went out to Chelsea. You know, I know that Chelsea had Saar, who was atrocious, yeah, um, but we still had Enketia, who no, no, let's get rid of him at the end of the season. Um, El Neni, Tavares played. I think you know Cedric came on at one point. Yeah. um holding um and I like holding I think mm. he's he does as a a placing,
1: Yeah, yeah
0: he do, he's, he's got a place in the Arsenal squad and I, I wouldn't get rid of him I know a lot of people call for his head but as a you know hopefully next season as, as fourth choice centre-back he, he he does a he does a good job but you know to think that we were playing you know those four five mm. players yeah and to still put in that sort of performance that's it's exceptionally encouraging, it worrying that that's the players that we have to, to pick. Um, but, you know, it's um, it does show a lot about the character at the moment of the, of the team. that We still put out those players after the performances that um, happened before and, and, and just managed to grind out, you know, an incredibly impressive win. And I know that Chelsea made a few changes themselves, but they're still... Mm. You know, Lukaku, Werner, Havertz came on when they were, you know, losing 3-2, and Silva came on at half time. And they still, you know, Kante, who was that was not the Kante that I know. Um, but we we put in an in you know, a monumental effort to 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 win, but we the luck, that that third goal was a killer for Chelsea and, and I don't know how it's like pinball in, in the box and, yeah. you know we, we, we stabbed at home but it's, it's incredible that looking at the team um, the performances and the results that we've managed to get over the last
1: couple mm. of weeks Let's talk about El, uh, Xhaka for a bit because he's been brilliant in both those games hasn't he I mean you know I thought he was man of the match I thought the goal was phenomenal um, obviously, whether it was offside or whether whether De Gea could see it coming or not, whether his view was blocked or not, just his—he's—I I, think—I think that goal, these two performances, and that goal sealed the deal that I now have forgiven him for all of his moronic, you know, decision making and sendings off and bookings, and now I feel like he's become a—he's become a folk hero for the fans, and he's kind of and totally see what totally
0: happens around. on Sunday. Because <laughs> he, he he he's done he's done well.
1: Yeah.
0: He's done well to yeah. get back on the side of the fans. Definitely he's done that. Do I think that he's not got a Zaka moment in him? Absolutely no chance. He he even showed it against Man United. I think he got booked for kicking the ball away or something like that yeah just before um, yeah he, and, and I I've got to I don't know what your thoughts are I don't know what the thoughts are many are for supporters because we all got um, sucked into the euphoria of, of the Chelsea and a Man United win but our second goal against Chelsea was f- pure perfection for fo- on footballing mm. ability you know everything uh, was just um, unbelievable but what Shaka did on the edge of the box, I think he nutmegged Alonso. Was it? I don't yeah. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. But I hope he never, ever, ever <laughs> does that ever again, because nine times out of ten, no way is he getting back through the legs of Alonso or whoever it was. And more likely than not, knowing Shaka in the past, he's fucking it up, and we're we're two one down rather than two one up. So, he, as wonderful as it was, he needs to get rid of that side of him. That, that it's too. There's a. He's just a catastrophe waiting to happen. Mm. A little, you know. And
1: to, you can you can think about that moment though. What we are talking about that that moment, the nutmeg of Alonso, and then driving driving forward and and pa- making a fantastic pass. Um, to set up that move, that whole move. That was that was pure him. That was like absolutely brilliant play. I mean, I yeah, know it was him in a nutshell. It was fantastic. So yeah, you're right. Obviously, it was unbelievably scary the playing out for the back. But he he pulled it off. He pulled it off. And I think yeah, that, he, and that's what I'm talking about. Like you're of course you're right. We've seen but I wonder whether mentally as well as um in reality his performance level has just reached a point where. I'm now not so worried that he'll go do something terrible. I, I, I don't know. I maybe I'm kidding myself uh, to some extent. We,
0: we, we oh, I, 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 as supporters and watching him. I always feel, and I remember being on, probably listening to one of your pods or being on the pod, we're talking about Xhaka. He goes through like these five or six game periods and we're like, oh, he's a great player and we love him and he's doing everything right. And then he'll, Go and headbutt someone or elbow I know, someone, I know. and then yeah. you know, do just something. You know, it wasn't so long ago that we were, you know, he was one on one with Yota, and he, he, yeah, did some stupid tackle, and you know, we didn't lose the game, but it made it much harder to to, to win um, against Liverpool in the League Cup. But he, he's just whenever he claws it back, he seems to just do something a little bit silly, and. Of and he got away. I, I was in this. I was, I was, thankfully, in the in, this, in the ground for the Chelsea game, and I just that it was this. Everybody like this, <gasps> and then you know that he got he just got away with it. And and maybe that that's the luck that you need. That
1: you got away I mean with is, it, and most likely, yeah,
0: likely he wouldn't.
1: I agree with you, but why? I, I think the difference now is for me personally is I no longer wish we got rid of him in the summer. For example, like you know when he was linked to Roma, you know, and all that, and we we but there was a, i mean there was a period of a couple of weeks i think when we assumed he'd go you know now i'm mm-hmm. like oh, i'm glad he didn't you know i'm actually well i think he thought he was going as yeah, well yeah he thought it was, yeah exactly um so i just feel like i'm at peace with him now so even if and i think he's playing so well i think it's not just a case of um Oh, he's, he does fine. He's been fine. I, I my, my, part of my problem with him is I never thought he was that great for us anyway. He was like a kind of like symbol of how our media, our, our midfield could be quite mediocre actually. Whereas now I think he's playing. Brilliant. He's playing like he plays for Switzerland. You know when he he was like in the in the FIFA team, wasn't he? Of the yeah heroes yeah. in the in the in the final in their best eleven of the tournament, and he plays out of his skin in those international games. I don't, I felt he rarely played like that for us. Probably almost didn't need to in a way because he had various different partners in midfield with him. But now he's kind of become the, he stepped it up. I think now that parties got injured, I just feel like his performances have been outstanding in these last couple of games. So, so
0: do you next season?
1: Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you keep him? I wouldn't or... mind if we kept him. I wouldn't mind. That's the big change. I would have been absolutely in favour of getting rid of him until the last couple of weeks. Now would I'm right. you...
0: it's fine. <laughs> it's just one goal against Man United. You're yeah, I'm, so, I'm you're so easily pleased.
1: <laughs> I'm very reactive, yes.
0: So, because like, I, I, I still think that you're right in what you said. I, I look at Xhaka and he, he defines the period of mediocre Arsenal for me. Yeah. I, I think he came in to the team when we were playing Champions League football and I'm not 100% sure but he you know maybe the, the first season that he, he came in we were out in the Champions League and finishing fifth um, or maybe the season after and he, it's been continuous and I just think that there's I think there's an upgrade on Shaka oh, for yeah. me and, yeah. and if we got Twenty-five, thirty million. I'd probably yep. say thank you very much. Let's go and bring in another player, but also I wouldn't mind him sticking around if he was happy to fight for a place in, in, in yeah. the starting lineup.
1: That's what I mean. But, I mean, I, I, there's definitely an upgrade. We definitely need to bolster our midfield. We get, I, we have to get another um, defensive midfield player. But I, f- I feel like staying part of the squad is useful. I don't think we have to get rid of him. Put it that way. I don't. He's not one of those players that you feel like we need to ship out sharpish were unlike you know all those players we've got rid of really in the last um you know year to 18 months i don't think he's one of those for me now for me is like he could be a very valuable squad player and we need to strengthen our midfield for sure you know if we get declan rice in then you know frankly you
0: need to you need to chat him up a little bit more
1: yes yes i think i butted him up quite well well the other thing i wanted to mention here's an interesting thing well here's, here's the thing i was listening to the Guardian um, football podcast, and one of their contributors, who I think was an Arsenal fan, was saying that he's a bit pissed off at the moment, a little bit, and this is going to sound quite harsh, but I kind of know what you meant with Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> what, yeah. So what his point was, that his unbelievable enthusiasm, and, um, you know, everything about him that we, we were grown to love quite quickly, I mean, apart from him, some of his shot stopping, which is brilliant, and he's often... You know, he, he he can be, his tradition can be great. I think he's been a little bit dodgy. He's definitely been a little bit dodgy in those games we lost. But also his whole, like, celebration, this guy was saying his celebration of the penalty miss, which he didn't save, of course. It just hit the post. and he went. His celebration was like as if he'd saved it, which he hadn't. So it was a li- it's a little bit nitpicky, but I kind of know what he means. He's getting a little bit over the top and slightly maybe the phrase, like, you know, believing his own publicity comes to mind. And I feel like he needs to calm down a bit. A little, just a little
0: bit. I love him. I, 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 I also love him, and I think when we, I thought he was a good addition. When we, I, I thought it was the right call to bring him in. I think everyone was like, "Oh my god, what are we getting Aaron Ramsdale for?" Um, it, it made sense to me. I didn't think that he'd come in and be number one immediately. I thought he'd sit the season on the bench. Um, but he came in. He was phenomenal. Um, endeared himself to the supporters. But in the last, last sort of three months or so, he's not really done anything apart from pick the ball out the net. Really, I don't think he's done much. to, You know, I remember when you look at the games against Leicester when you're two two nil up, and mm. he pulls off an absolute worldie And there was you know times where he really you know won us points and yeah. kept us you know uh, in in the game when that was one 0 up, two 0 up. You know, um, and and he was just fantastic. Over the last two or three months, they don't think he's done anything really that I'm like, oh wow, he made a fantastic save. I think it was against Dallow. Um, but for some peculiar reason, you know, nobody ever spoke. No, I don't, I don't, if I'm correct, I don't even think match of the day showed you know, when he pretty much threw the ball out to Fernandez in the first half, yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't even shown as a a highlight, and I was like, that was a Yeah, bloody good chance that that he gifted them. So, and and the Chelsea, the Verna goal—I don't know what you thought, but I looked at the replays and I thought you've got to be saving that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So he's—he's definitely—he's a bit more error-prone recently, but I think he's got away with them. Yeah. When you know a lot of other keepers, usually, if you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, you're punished. He's. He's made quite a few mistakes. He's not been punished for, um, so it's, it's worked in his favour. But I get, I get where people are saying there's a little bit of, you know, what's he doing? He's a bit too cocky sometimes. He's doesn't some he needs to hoof it out rather than pass it out when he sometimes puts himself under pressure a little bit. Um, it's definitely cracked into his game.
1: Yeah. There's a bit um, of the Pickford about him. I've said this before. There's a little bit of the, and I don't like Pickford. I find Pickford very annoying. I think and I think that um it's fine if he's playing for you. So you know, you know, I think Ramsdale, I think we love him, and so are gonna forgive him pretty much anything. But I, I think he just needs to dial down the Pickford-esque quality. You know, when Pickford went down, did you watch the Liverpool Everton game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then Alistair took the piss out of him. Like that, he's got that in him, I think, um Ramsdale, that to kind of you know, a bit cheeky chappy taking the piss a little bit, which irritates and infuriates teams, which I'm fine with. But every now and then, it might annoy us as well. If he does something, it's a bit silly.
0: Yeah, you might want to make sure he's just got to keep his seat on the ground, isn't he? He's had yeah. a very, yeah, I think, if if you were to ask him how his season's gone at Arsenal um, versus how he thought it would go, um, he, right. he he, I think he he'd say it's just been beyond his wildest expectations. Yeah. And beyond our wildest expectations
1: yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%.
0: Um, and he just needs to... I think someone needs to give him a little bit of a, a nudge and say, Rambo, calm it down. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, I know that he's good. He's very good with the ball at his feet, but sometimes
1: doesn't yeah, matter how bit, good you are. He's a just, bit cocky, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, no, I... I, I I don't
1: disagree. Interesting. Disagree. The other thing I wanted to mention with we, that, we, we, we didn't finish the litany of Nuno Tavares um, incidents in the game. We haven't quite finished because there was the outrageous foul on him, wasn't it? Oh, by Fernandez. By Fernandez. What an absolute piece of shit Fernandez is, I have to say. Like watching him just generally in the game, like, you know, just he's just so like a, that look, expression on his face of like everyone, you know, just. Being annoying and frustrated and blaming everyone else for himself. The penalty miss was hilarious, right? Because of his ridiculous run up. And of course, anybody who does that run up yeah. and misses, yeah. you absolutely, look brilliant. yeah. And then that foul was unbelievable. It was the latest foul. On BT Sport, they were like, it's, pretty, it's a bit late. I think Glenn Hoddle, in his Glenn Hoddle way, on, as, as the, as the uh, co-commentator was like, that's a bit late. A bit late? It's like about
0: 10 seconds after he I, I think we go back to the the, the VAR in that game and yeah. how things could have gone for and against you. And I, Luckily, A, I, Tavares wasn't injured. Yeah, because as crazy as it sounds, we can't afford for him to be injured at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um And you know, it was just um, it was reckless, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. reckless. He could have, you know, horrendous. It, it, it was lucky for us. It it was that you know we can look back at it and say if that happened in the first half or when the game was two one and Man United got into it, you can look back on that and say you know they should have been down to ten men. Thankfully, it didn't affect the game at all, and it was quite late on, and the game just petered out, and and, and we we won comfortably. But obviously, that doesn't mean that it's okay um, yeah. because it was an absolutely horrendous challenge. It doesn't matter if it's in the first minute or the or the ninetieth minute. He's it's it's a straight red. It, and yeah. It's just it's just remarkable with VAR. How they do come up with these, these yeah. decisions. But we could talk about, again, you could talk about VAR for yeah. you know, uh, yeah, the, the problem whole is, podcast.
1: The problem is with VAR is it's still uh, it's still some idiotic bloke in in wherever the hell they're doing and making the decisions. It's not, it's not, you know, it's like we all kid ourselves that it's some kind of like technical. I mean, it is with offside, just about, but with every other decision, it's just whether the bloke decides that ref, ref- referee watching it on his video monitor decides at the moment, oh, let, let's leave it. Let's let him off, get sent off for whatever fucking reason comes into his head. That's the problem. It's just a bloke. Decision. Even off sides, I find. They, yeah, I, I, I Yeah, yeah. Because last year, they were supposed to have changed the thing that if you, if it's the line is, you know, if you have to draw a line and you can barely see the toe. They, that, I thought they'd changed that completely and gone, no, no, no. We'll give it the advantage. We'll go to the attacking player. And if it is that difficult to ascertain, then we'll give the goal. But that, they've completely stopped that. <laughs> they've completely- right, I, I, there's been so many...
0: Odd decisions with VAR, and you know, even the, the I didn't realise how close the Ronaldo goal, yeah, um, yeah. you know, was yeah. um, being That's you know example. on or off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was the Martinelli one a couple of weeks before when it was kind of like they were just like oh, we think that foot is from Sanchez in goal and not mm. Cucurella, so because we think it, we'll just go with that and therefore he's upside. Um, but there was no clear evidence that suggested that. Um, it was just some gut feeling.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, and then I, I saw I, I think it was Watford or something like that, and the a goal was given on the side, and he uh, and he was miles off. He was like, you look to the the, the still frame, and like, How have they come to the conclusion that he's on the side? Um, so it's like they can't even draw the lines properly and they don't even get it at the right time, and yeah. You know, but yeah. that's it's, yeah. it's, it. It goes for you, it goes against you, and uh, that a little bit of me somehow thinks that it's just like it was before. Goes goes yeah, in it your was. favour, goes against you, and it all equals yeah. itself out at the end of. At the end we of the don't have,
1: we don't have these ludicrous wait the, the amount of time it took when they did the um the bright the Brighton game it was a massively long wait, wasn't there? That it? That was, was like four minutes. It was like four minutes. This one where they had to decide whether it was offside, then decide whether it was a penalty. Um, for the sucker penalty, that that took ages as well. It's it's fucking tedious that whole situation. But uh, anyway, it's time for predictions, Ollie. And I didn't ask you back first of all whether you think we're going to get top four. <laughs> my oh, head
0: says no, my heart says yes. Yeah. I just convinced that you know we're going to fuck it up somewhere. <laughs> uh, but but the problem is I can't think where we're going to fuck it up. Because I I, mm. I, I say to myself, win, win it, win it, win it. Leads no, win at West Ham, win at home to Leeds, lose to Spurs, beat Newcastle, beat Everton. Done. That's top four done. Um, assuming Spurs lose to to Liverpool, it's top four done. But somehow or other, it's just not going to work out like that, is it?
1: No, no, definitely not. Okay. Yeah, I think I it think... gives away
0: it gives away my prediction for Sunday, doesn't it? But uh
1: Oh yeah. No. But no, you get a specific score though. You have to put it as actual score.
0: I'm uh, um, I think we will win
1: three nil. Wow. Okay. Um I'm gonna say two one, I think. I think we'll we'll let in a goal. I, think I just right think it's a
0: perfect it. time to play. Yeah, you'd think West Ham, and I can't. Antonio should be rested. Rice might be rested. We might start centre back, and I don't even know who who they play. Cresswell and Ben Johnson and some under twenty threes. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that if we can, if we can get an early goal, get one in the first half. I
1: think we could get two or three past them. Yeah. It's, yeah. Getting an early goal is clearly absolutely massively key to us, isn't it? Yeah. And we can't go behind. No, we cannot go behind. Definitely not. We know that. So, yeah. Well, Guess. I think that's. Oh, I haven't given my prediction yet. Um, oh, no, 2 1. Yeah. God, I two I'm one. losing it. I'm losing it, Ollie. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Pleasure. I think, I think we've proven that we can do without Josh. Um, yeah. Encouraging him. I'll, I'll be delighted when he's back. Josh will do a Twitter poll and
0: he'll
1: uh oh yeah I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll fix it so he, he has a 100% we want Josh back. Yeah. He will fix it yeah. Uh, thanks very much and we'll be back next week. Cheers, bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Oh,
0: sports social podcast network.